I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone. To my left here, Marshall Scott making his first appearance on the podcast. And across from me is Kyle Cox, editor at Pistols Firing. Uh, I'm also looking at Jackson LaVarnway, who's editing some photos here. We are uh, at our our annual PFB retreat in Stillwater. We're about to go t- uh, hear from Mike Gundy, uh, at Gallagher Iber Arena should be fun. Um, what's going on, guys? You guys enjoyed the weekend? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. It's a yeah. nice bonding experience between us all, uh, for better or for worse, I guess. Yeah. What, what's been your favorite uh, PFB retreat event that we've had this weekend? Ooh, probably, insert sponsor plug here, drinking that coupe last night. Yeah, the coupe was good. Yeah. 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 And the uh, podcast that featured a, a special guest. Yes. That we'll have to just tease. And yeah. Yeah. So speaking of uh, sponsor, um, we have our own sponsor on this podcast. And uh, so let's go ahead and get to them and we will get to this week's uh, podcast. You may have heard the news that there is a new tax bill, but do you know how it'll affect you? Angel, Johnson, and Blassingame does. Their firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees is one of the largest in central Oklahoma and they've been hard at work calculating how these changes will affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself. Feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363 or visit their website at ajb-cpas.com. Again, that's 405-224-6363 and ask for Cameron or Evan. All right, uh, so before we get to uh, Gallagher-Iba to hear from Mike Gundy, um, OSU is officially, football season is here. They've had two practices. Um, you were able to go yeah, to, to one practice, Marshall. Went to day one. Uh, what did you learn from, from the first practice? Is there any grand takeaways that uh, that we can take to the bank? Um, not really. You know, we were yeah. only there 20 minutes, and we all got kicked out promptly, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, it was nice seeing the quarterbacks there. Some videos have released of yeah. them throwing, and that's led to a lot of speculation over like four passes. Absolutely. But other than that, not too much you could take away. Other than Chuba Hubbard is huge. CJ Moore maybe not as uh, ready, I guess, playtime yeah. ready as some might have thought. But other than that, yeah. CJ Moore looks tiny. CJ Moore needs to eat somebody like Chuba Hubbard ate somebody. But yeah, know, I. With the depth they have at receiver, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think yeah. in a year we'll be talking about how good C.J. Moore looks. So it's just growing pains, I guess. Are we just excited that C.J. made it to campus? That's like kind of that, he's here and then we can figure it out later? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think that was a big deal for him to get here. There's a lot of speculation around that, and I think I think that's that's a reason to be excited. You know, they're one of two four-stars recruits, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that, that's a big deal that he did end up on campus. Yeah. Yeah, there were some questions with his – Academics, he did qualify in the final hour and made it to campus. Um, we had just started our retreat on Friday night um, when OSU picked up a commitment from Kima Siverand, a Texas A&M graduate transfer, um, former four-star kid out of Cy Ridge in Houston. Um, 
were you surprised to see that OSU got such a late commitment? I mean, it, it sounds like, um, according to gopokes.com, he'll be on campus, like, potentially today. Yeah. So. Uh, su- surprise, I guess, would say, yeah, because, I, you know, it kind of came out of left field. But it's definitely beneficial for a cornerback group that needs experience. And it has a lot of depth, but not much experience behind A.J. Green and Rodarius. Yeah. Teams. So, um, he played receiver, I guess, as a freshman, sparingly, and yeah. he played somewhat sparingly at corner. But he's at least got the experience, and he's got potential at least. Yeah. So, Marshall, do you think this kid's gonna start, or what role do you think he could play at OSU? I mean, uh, it's it's he's he's gonna have to catch up quick. It sounds like. Yeah, I don't that I wouldn't expect him to start, especially game yeah. one. But uh, it's definitely a, another big time deal to get another four star guy to come into the program. You know that that definitely means something. Yeah, that's yeah, huge. Depth has been um, kind of a concern for cornerback position for several years. Um, and they've had some good success bringing in grad transfers. They had Tyler Patman, um, Justin Hunter. Am I saying that? <coughs> Michael Hunter. Is there a Justin? I'm thinking of Justin Blackman. No. Yeah, he, wasn't, he wasn't a transfer quarterback. <laughs> Adrian Baker. Adrian had, Baker. Uh, yeah. Lindsey Pipkins. Lindsey Pipkins. They had a handful of them. I think you named all four. There was no, oh, he was a quarterback. But, yeah. Uh, Derek Moncrief. Moncrief was a safety. Was a safety. And then the guy that was drafted by Denver. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so they've had a lot of success. Um, the good news is Siverin has two years of eligibility, so even if he doesn't contribute this year, there's a chance that, um, you know, at the very least he's a good depth piece and could be someone they build around next year. Um, speaking of fall camp, I want to talk about the quarterbacks, and I think everyone wants to know more about the quarterbacks. Um, Marshall, you said the there was some videos on Twitter that kind of went viral. Um, I no- I noted that there was like one that had twenty five hundred views, and like seventy five percent of those views were me. I just kept watching them over and over. Um, who do you- who do you think looks the most impressive, or who are you the most excited about to see? Um, I think Spencer Sanders definitely yeah. passed the video test. You know, yeah, um, it looks good. That that you still got to give the edge, obviously, to Taylor Cornelius. He said he's the guy, but. Looking at those videos, Oklahoma State fans, we got to like what they see in Spencer Sanders. Yeah. What did, what did you like about it? I like that he can roll out and just fling it, like, really, really easily. He just made it look pretty effortless. It's just feeding into the hype. It's yeah. It's awesome. So, hopefully, we get to see that. Taylor Cornelius can do the same stuff, though, right? Yeah. I think he's. I think we probably under undervalue him or underestimate him, maybe, but... We'll see. I mean, it all comes down to who's going to help them win. Yeah. I mean, if hopefully it's established early and no injuries cause any change, and it's not like a quarterback carousel like we saw for a couple of years there. Yeah. Mason Rudolph. We're we're pretty confident Taylor Cornelius is going to start. Do you think that's going to change? Not without something drastic or okay. A bad thing happening. Same. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that sentiment. Do you think Taylor Cornelius starts every game for OSU this season? That's a little tougher. Yeah, uh, I think we. Somebody mentioned the Boise State game. That's kind of going to kind of going to be a measuring stick. Yeah. For who who we're going to know is the guy after that game. But right now, you got It's Taylor's job to lose at this point. I think. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Mike Gunny would say, we all know more about this in November or whatever. Yeah. And that's really the truth. Unfortunately, you can't really. We can guess. I would say Cornelius has a good chance to do that. I don't think. I think he's the safer bet. So it would have to be something would have to go wrong, I think, for them to make a move. 
are we undervaluing Drew Brown? I mean, he started two years at Hawaii and Probably. had put up some pretty good numbers. Everyone wants to know about uh, Spencer Sanders, obviously, because he's a highly touted recruit. And they think they kind of know what they have in Taylor Cornelius, which is a guy who's like very experienced, knows the system, has been there a long time, knows the culture, doesn't say a word. Um, but it, it feels like maybe he's the X factor in this yeah. whole thing. Do you think he can maybe come from behind and uh, Based on steal Twitter some videos with him and Jalen McCluskey? I think he could. But I mean, obviously, yeah. he's got skills. He's and uh, he's experienced, so. You know, it's the whole cliche thing, but I'm sure the extra competition is just going to improve the group. Yeah. And you never know. Who, maybe something happens with Cornelius, and he throws two picks in the first half with Boise State, and then maybe they trot Brown out there before Sanders. I would assume that might be the case, but yeah, hard to say. They definitely didn't bring him in for you know to not play. Right? Yeah. You know, they definitely, whenever I'm sure, whenever he decided that Stillwater was where he wanted to come, he saw some playing time in the future. So. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely within shooting distance for sure. Chances that we see all three quarterbacks before game four. I think that's pretty high. I think uh, with the new redshirt rule, I think just to a point, you know, whether it's like some quote unquote like cupcake easy reps, yeah. you want to throw the guys out there and like see what they can do. Surely Spencer Sanders' first look at college football is not going to be against Oklahoma, you know. Yikes. So, Hopefully so I would I would say that they all will play in the first four games within the first four games. Yeah. Do you agree, Cox? Uh, probably so. Yeah. Just even if you know, if there's no reason not to, especially Sanders. I yeah. Mean, you got four games. I mean, and then if he ends up being awesome and you want to put him back out there, then you you, you know you start that way. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. All right. So uh, this is a recruiting podcast. So I want to talk about. Uh, the only recruiting storyline that matters right now, uh, Dax Hill. Um, who is Dax Hill, Marshall? Just for the layman's explanation of who this guy is, because I think I've talked about him on every podcast since like last September or something crazy. Like, I'll start with he's Justice Hill's brother. Okay, the guy who often gets lost in all of this. Wow. Um, okay. At a Booker T. Washington High School, a five-star recruit. Looks like his list might be down to three or four we were trying to discuss last night of who's in it, but yeah. would definitely be a big-time in-state get for Oklahoma State if they do manage to get him. Yeah, maybe the biggest recruit ever, like top 10 recruit, yeah. superstar. Hey, Cowboy Nation, Evan Epstein here. Wanted to take a moment and tell you about my experience with the other Evan over at Angel Johnston and Blasting Game. I've personally worked with Evan over the last couple years, and he's made filing my taxes a breeze. He's easy to work with, provides you with an extremely professional service, and most importantly, he bleeds orange. I highly recommend contacting his office and, and just seeing what they can do for you. And as always, go Pokes. All right. Thank you, Evan. Now back to our conversation on Dax Hill. Who do you think is the final schools that are in the mix? It's it's down to OSU, Alabama, and who? I'd say Michigan. Michigan? The last okay. thing he tweeted out had six, correct? Six, yeah. Yeah, but yep. it looks like, like two of those, he hasn't even tweeted out the official offer as of last time I checked, which is probably last night. Yeah. And then for some reason with the OU official offer, he waited a day. Yeah. Then tweeted that out. And then we've heard rumblings that, oh, you might be out of the mix. So yeah. 
Who knows? He'll probably sign with OU and it'll all be proven <laughs> laughed at. I think there's a chance he's just been toying with OU for like several months now. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that OSU's gonna be the landing spot, but I don't I would place a lot of money on it that it's not OU now. So um we made predictions last night on the regular podcast on where he might land. Um, let's go around and try and guess again. Do, you can change your, your guess from last night if I'm you want to. I'm sticking with the okay. go blue with the Michigan. I don't think he goes – I think that OU's probably pretty enticing like it would be for anybody. Yeah. I, I think he's probably grew up as an OSU fan, like yeah. Justice did, or at least Justice did. You'd have His to think His family so. probably – wouldn't want him to go there, and just the it, that's kind of to me that's the way to not be involved with all that drama. If, yeah. If you don't want to be involved with that, it's yeah. just you still give OSU a good look, but you definitely open your options, which he has to schools like Ohio State, which may <laughs> not be. Yeah. May have yeah. Come back a little bit, but Michigan seems like a, a popular one. That's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah. What you got, Marshall? I said Michigan in the other podcast. Today, I'll cover some bases. I'll say Oklahoma State. Wow, look maybe, at this. Maybe I'll get in another podcast Breaking and throw news. Alabama in there. Breaking news. Um, and be sure to follow Marshall on Twitter at Marshall underscore once. Underscore once. <laughs> He's so popular now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think he'd pick Oklahoma State? I mean, I like mean, his brother is here, and we've yeah. discussed, you know, is his brother going to be here next year? Yeah. Who knows? But if this is his childhood team... If he does think he has the skills to, no matter what, I'm not saying Oklahoma State has a bad coaching staff or anything, but if he's if he's confident in his ability to get to the NFL, yeah, like it's not like he's picking between Alabama and Colorado State or right. some lesser known school. You know, he's gonna obviously in the Big Twelve, you're gonna get a lot of opportunities to show off your past defending skills. Oh yeah, so that I'm it's probably not likely that you know I said Michigan the other day, but. I would not count Oklahoma State out just yet. Like it. All right, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with Bama. I think he's going to end up at uh, Alabama. <laughs> I think um, just the fact that they put so many defensive backs in the NFL, I think that would be too hard to pass up if I was uh, if I was Dax. If you were a five star top ten player, where would you go? If you have forty offers, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, OSU, OU, Michigan, all in the mix. Marshall, where where are you going to end up? Nostalgia kind of drives me, so yeah. whoever I cheered for as a child, I think I would probably ultimately lean that way if I was confident enough in my abilities to make it to the NFL no matter what. Okay, so where's, where are you going? Oklahoma State. Okay, interesting. I When we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I said Ohio State when we asked kind of this. Maybe it was a Slack conversation, yeah. but now I don't see that. But if you took out the recent... Uh, news. Yeah. Maybe I would still pick Ohio State just based on same thing with the Alabama. They just they get like two first round DBs for the NFL every yeah. every year. Um, and I guess as everybody's different, I would almost want to go to a new state and experience new things and new campus that I've never been to. Yeah. But of course, that's a personality thing. So. Yeah, it depends on what he wants. Does right. he want his family to be able to drive up from? True. Tulsa to come see him, or does he want his family to have to fly out every weekend exactly. to come see does him in in Ann Arbor? You know, yeah. I mean, if <laughs> I, if I'm a top ten recruit, I'd say that stuff probably doesn't matter because right. there's a chance that like millions are at stake. Because yeah. right. um, you know, obviously, the assumption is five star top ten player, you're you're going to be in the NFL at some point. Right. So. Um, I don't know. That would be really 
really tough. I think I said Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't now. Right. But um, God, it'd be really, it'd be like really Bob hard. States. I might go to like Georgia or something. Georgia's yeah, really cool. Georgia's a good huge campus. Uh, cool college town. I'd want to go somewhere really big, mm-hmm. like Austin. Go to Texas. Don't go to Texas. No. Yeah, Texas is good. Yeah, I love barbecue. Cool bars and stuff. Alabama would be cool. Tuscaloosa is cool. That's a lot of pressure, though. I, I, I think Alabama would be, like, fifth or sixth on my list, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just, like, there's so much talent. It also depends on the other personality thing is, like, if you're a five-star, they, you know, you're obviously sought after by everybody, including Alabama. Right. But once you show up on campus, you're not uh, that big of a deal anymore. It's yeah. Just, they have third-string guys over five-stars. No, I know. So, that it could go either way. There's maybe less pressure. Like, if you go to Oklahoma State and you're not, like, the best player that's been on the field since Barry Sanders, then people are going to say something about it. So, But also, if you come to Oklahoma State, instant legend. Exactly. If you go to Alabama, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and exactly. They're, they're still going to get fired up about you. But so if you come to Oklahoma State, instant legend. That's what it is with recruiting when you're trying to guess this stuff. And the football <laughs> stuff, I think people just kind of, you can get some information sometimes. Yeah. But it's just a guessing game because you don't know what's inside a person's head, especially someone that might be 17 years old, 18 years old. So, it, it all comes down, like you said, what he actually wants. Yeah. Kyle, you mentioned last night that, you know, big-time players want to play with big-time players. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling, I can't pronounce his name, who signed last night. Uh, Kima Sivrin. Do you think that that has any any inkling on Dax? Do you think that bumps him up, moves him down, was a four-star guy, has two years left? Yeah. Do you think that does anything for him? Um, maybe. I don't know. Do you? Uh, I, I probably wouldn't look too far into it, but yeah. it's got to be nice to know that, you know, the secondary is shoring up a little bit. It doesn't yeah. hurt. It yeah. doesn't hurt anything, that's for sure. Yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't think. I, I would imagine that in in that theory that top players want to play with other top players, Siverin may be, like, the exception. Like, I can guarantee you when he committed to Texas A&M in 2015, you could look it up, but... I can guarantee you Texas A&M's recruiting class was like probably top 10 or right around it. And you know what? He didn't play like at all. Right. So he was, he was a non-factor and that's, um, it may not be a testament to his talent. It may just be because he never got a shot or you don't know what the case is. So maybe he wants to play at a, a place like OSU where there's not a whole lot of stars. He can yeah. be like the blue chip player on the roster, which is like kind of weird, but, yeah, it is what it is at OSU. Um, I want to ask you guys, um, maybe two freshmen you think that are standing out, or two freshmen you're looking forward to seeing um, this season, or just in general that that recently signed. Um, I'm gonna start because I'm really fired up to see CJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, the six. He, I talked to Tracy Moore, and he was like, he's like six eight. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way <laughs> uh if he's 6'8 that's crazy but um i watched all his games as a senior he was really really good um i think he can be like osu's touchdown guy like he was just marcel aitman in high school really so that's that's one i'm looking forward to um i'll, I'll pass it to you and then i'll come back to my second one uh probably jv on carwell yeah um because I think he's going to play. Yeah, cornerback. And they need, like we talked about, they need depth, and I think he's probably got the highest ceiling of the incoming guys yeah. in the secondary. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him play. 
Who you got, Marsh? Can I cheat and say Spencer Sanders? Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, then I'll take the easy one. Okay. Spencer Sanders. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, because of said Twitter videos and the rotation yeah. of the balls that he ripped. Yes. Muy, muy perfecto. Yeah. <laughs> he, he might win a Heisman this year. I don't know. I was, re- I was ready to call it in. Um, I guess I'll go second one. I'll go off the board at Jamil Jeter, um, the the running back out of Texas that OSU signed. No one really even knows about this kid. Like he he was pretty highly touted out of high school. Texas A and M offered him. There was a bunch of other schools. He had double digit <laughs> offers. Committed to OSU. We talked to John Wozniak, the running back coach, last week, and I asked him like, you know, what do you like about Jeter? And he's like, he's really big. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna be a beast. Um, I can kind of see him being like a Desmond Roland, um, like a rich man's Desmond Roland. Like mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to probably play this year. Right. I think they'd be smart to redshirt him, and uh, he probably wouldn't get much rotation time with J.D. and uh, Chuba behind Justice. But I think in the future, he's going to be really good. So uh, who you got? Cox, your second guy? Second freshman? Second freshman. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Sorry. Off the board? Who you got, Marsh? Um, I'm gonna cheat because this. Wow, you cheated twice. twice. Well, no, but I've already done it. So. <laughs> um, not a freshman, but and, and a guy we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, Patrick McCoffman. Okay. Just based on me in that 20 minutes of the opening day of practice. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. He the only person who was near his height was C.J. Moore, but he was like two of C.J. Moore, mm-hmm. like thick wise. Yeah. So Thick I, with two C's. Yeah, that's, that's a, uh, <laughs> that, that is a big target man for whichever of those three quarterbacks can make it out. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty pumped to see him play. Yeah. Who you got? I'm gonna Cox. go with uh, Sean Michael Flanagan. Yeah, safety. I think he's gonna play. He was an early enrollee. Yeah. People forget he's about that. He's been there since spring, I guess, right? And yeah. Yeah, I think he's gonna get some reps, uh, special teams, and maybe even on defense. Yeah. Because they're re- replacing a lot of safety positions. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, final question. Favorite storyline for the fall that you're looking forward to? Whether it's, I'm not going to cheat, but maybe the quarterback race or whatever. I would say, and I don't know if this is going to be a lot of people's pick, but I'm really interested to see how the, the new redshirt rule plays out. Yeah. Different position groups. Me too. Uh, use it. You guys talked to Josh Henson and mm-hmm. talked about how he might use it for the offensive line. And he even admitted that some guys are wanting to do it this, the other way. So it's yeah. going to be interesting. It's like with the Jeter thing, like why not let him at least play some? Yeah. You know, get some reps. At least it's not when he comes out next year. It's not the first time he's ever been on the field. So Yeah. What's interesting about that rule is I don't think it's going to be five years before anybody really knows how to use that rule, like what the most uh, proficient way of using the rule is. So yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. What's, my, your, what's your favorite storyline? My storyline story will be the wide receiver depth. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned McCoffman. I don't know who's going to be out on the field to start a football game. they got McCleskey. They've got Stoner. They've got yep. Johnson. Uh, Landon Wolf is a name I keep hearing thrown yeah. out there. So I think who's who's going to be on the field or receiver? I don't know. No one knows. But I'm looking forward to finding out. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to figuring out the defensive stuff. Like uh, Jim Knowles, new defensive coordinator. New scheme. They're running a four-two-five. Um, I think we've talked with with players, and they've uh, raved about the new system, what it's going to mean for them. They're going to be able to freelance a little bit more, things like that. So, 
Uh, looking forward to that. I, I don't know if we'll know too much in, in the next few weeks, but I think we'll know August 30th, kind of how that shakes out and what the system's going to look like against Missouri State. So, all right, fellas, we're going to wrap up now because Gundy is uh, – He's going to be waiting on us at GIA for for his press conference. Actually, he's not. Yeah, he's not going to wait. So we are out of here. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, be sure to rate and subscribe the podcast in iTunes and on SoundCloud. And we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, guys.